This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hello, and welcome to Flourish with me, Tiffany Boyd. This is a podcast where we explore what it means to live with intention. I'm a mom to three beautiful boys, a wife, a friend, an entrepreneur, and so many other things. When my dad passed, I made a commitment to myself to live with intention. For years afterwards, I struggled with discovering what that meant. I felt uncomfortable giving myself permission or even figuring out how to honor that. What I do know and believe is that where attention goes, energy flows. This show will explore what it means to live with intention, seek to inspire you, and bring practical tools through stories and interviews that you can use to change your own life. Thank you for joining me and this wonderful community of women as we raise our vibration, honor ourselves, and live intentionally. for being here. This is my first official show. So if you're listening to this, this is the beginning. If you're here from the beginning, thank you for joining me. If you end up hearing this and I've been airing for a while, welcome and thanks for being here as well. I am thrilled to be entering this new space of podcasting. And I want to start with a very honest and vulnerable show. I want to talk about how it is that I came to be here. And the truth is this journey started about, oh gosh, I think about two or three years ago. And it has taken me that long to get to this space. And I want to share that because I think that we often see the success of people and assume that it was easy or overnight or when we're not achieving that same level of success that there's something wrong with our approach and the truth is we're all on our own journey and we're all on our own timelines and there is nothing that you are meant to perceive that isn't coming to you in the right divine timing that being said divinity is hard to wrap your head around when you're living in, you know, your own reality. And it's a bit of a challenge to keep that in mind. So I want to start this, this first podcast with the story of how this podcast came to be. And, uh, it took a long time and it might be a bit of a story. So let's start from the beginning. A few years ago, um, it'll actually be four years on August 6th my dad passed away from cancer and it was a bit of a surprise. We knew, my brother and I knew he had cancer, uh, but it was prostate cancer. And to be honest, we were of course concerned and worried and all of the things that you experience when someone you love has cancer. But what we knew of prostate cancer is that of all the cancers, it's one of the less aggressive and slow growing and that 
a lot of times men will have prostate cancer and it isn't what someone ends up passing with. It's something else because it's so slow growing. And my dad was such a fighter and he was approaching cancer uh, and his prostate cancer with so much vigor that it felt like he was going to get through it. And when you talk to him, he would speak with so much positivity and optimism and, you know, we're just going to get through this kind of attitude. And what wasn't connecting though, is that he did continue to seem more sick. And my stepmom started saying things like, oh, Tiff, you should really be spending time with your dad, uh, you know? And I would say, of course, we want to spend time with him, but is there a reason that you're prompting that right now? And she would say, no, no, not at all. So there was the, the external messages of prostate cancer slow growing. We've got this. The cancer reports would come back where you'd get your blood readings and things looked quite positive. And then there were the other signs and signals like the declining health, the loss of appetite, becoming a little bit more fatigued, and this anxious energy coming from my stepmom. And so I was starting to become a little bit more concerned and certainly confused. And my dad had gone away to Vancouver to get some radiology. He came back and he was quite sick um, when he returned. And it wasn't clear if that was a symptom of the, uh, the radiology or if it was the cancer progressing. And I got this call on a Sunday from my stepmom letting me know that she brought my dad by ambulance to the hospital. And I just broke down. And I even struggle to talk about it right now without crying, thinking about that moment. And because it was all just sort of surreal trying to reconcile what I was being told with what I what was happening and I just didn't understand and my husband was actually out sheep hunting and we have young kids and at the time we had um, two boys uh, our oldest who was at the time three and our now middle child who was at the time one and so I quickly called my husband on the sat phone and thank God he had a satellite phone because he was well out of cell phone range and said, my dad's in the hospital. I need you to come home. There was this knowing inside of me that I needed to be there. This wasn't like he was going to have a visit to the hospital and he'd be home and it could wait. And so my husband came home as quickly as he could. And we were lucky at the time we had um, an au pair staying with us, and she was actually set to leave in a few days, but she was still here. So I was able to leave and go straight to the hospital and sit in the emergency room with my stepmom and my father. And my dad was pretty out of it, uh, and I think they'd given him some drugs to help him sleep because he was so unwell and not feeling well and in a lot of pain. And still my stepmom wasn't really sharing what was going on. And I started to be a little bit more directive in my questions. There was a part of me that had for some time suspected that maybe I wasn't knowing the whole truth. 
Um, but there was also this line where I felt that that was their story and my dad's story to share in the way that he wanted. And I was leaving the door open for him to tell it, but respecting his space to live his story and share his story the way he wanted to. Um, but I was starting to get more anxious. And so I was pressing a little bit more what is going on. And she did finally share with me that my dad had prostate cancer, but when they discovered it, it had already metastasized. And he, at that point, when they discovered it a year or two prior to that, had bone cancer. And that it wasn't deemed to be curative. And he was, in fact, palliative. You can imagine what kind of shock that is to be sitting in the hospital with this information and looking at my my dad, who was quite weak and sleeping at the time, and realizing that he was at the end of life. And even now, nearly four years later, this was in July um, at the time, now four years later, I'm still reconciling this information because it was so quick. And at that point, what I started to realize is that it was likely a matter of weeks that my dad had. And knowing that and understanding it are two different things. And he was in and out of hospital. We had one beautiful day out of his property with my aunts and my kids out berry picking. And he couldn't move much. He was quite swollen. And I could tell that he loved having his family around, but he just didn't have the energy to participate. But it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous day. And that was kind of the last opportunity that we had to be with him at his home where he wanted to be. After that, he moved to hospital and it was very much palliative care. And I sat and spent every moment that I could with him during that time. And I remember the moment when the doctor came in and this was the first opportunity that I had to sit with him with a doctor and hear information firsthand. And they shared that his cancer was continuing to spread and that from the scans, it was evident that it was now in the liver among other places. And I was noticing that my dad's energy was becoming more weak. He was struggling to eat or drink and they could scarcely get an IV in him. In fact, his arms were completely bruised through unsuccessful attempts. Um, and so it was becoming more and more clear that we were really in the end stage. And I remember watching my dad's face as the doctor was trying to communicate in a kind but honest manner that this was it. He was, in fact, dying. Because I think part of what my dad used to protect himself perhaps intentionally or unintentionally. And it's hard to know, was it denial? Because he really did not accept that he was dying up until nearly the very end. 
he believed that he was going to heal and be well. And there's a really fine line between denial as a protective mechanism and willing something to be, not accepting a reality that's given. And there are stories that you hear where people are given absolute death sentences and heal. And it has a lot to do with your energetic resonance and what you believe. And I don't fault him for that. In fact, I absolutely admire him for his courage in how he took, took on his battle with cancer and how he honored himself and how he wanted to live with cancer. He didn't want his end of life to be about him being sick. He wanted his interactions with people to be him as a well, um, healthful man. And he didn't want the narrative to be around, you know, illness or being unwell. That's not how he wanted his interactions to be. He didn't want to look at people and see them looking back at him with pity or concern. So I, I do deeply respect his choice, though it did leave me and my siblings, um, I guess reeling for a number of years, just kind of catching up with this news that was unexpected, uh, with this reality that we didn't understand to be reality. And I'm the oldest. I have a, another full brother, and then I have three half-siblings that were still quite young. So it's a lot uh, for them in particular. And we were all here, and we were all around him. And in the end, we sat with him and he struggled to interact more and more, but I could tell that he could hear. And on his last day where we knew we were coming to that point where he was nearing, nearing his journey here on earth for this lifetime, my sister and I were sitting with him with my stepmom. And it was time to get some food. I knew my, my stepsister, she's quite young. She needed a break and we needed, she needed to be taken care of as well. So we left and there was this tremendous storm with thunder and lightning and sun breaking through and these massive, glorious rainbows and I went home with my sister and checked on the kids and prepared some food for her and everyone else. And I was preparing to go back and I got a text from my stepmom saying, I think this is, he's nearing the end. If you want to be here, it's time to come. And I got in my vehicle and started to drive down. And as I was driving, the sun broke through the clouds and it was the most vibrant gold color I had ever seen. And there were the most vibrant, gorgeous rainbows I have ever seen. And I knew that he had passed. I knew in that moment he was gone. And when I got there, that was the case. He waited because I believe he wanted to pass in peace. I believe he didn't want me or my sister to witness it and he passed peacefully and when I got to the hospital he had crossed over and so I sat with him 
And I told him again how much I loved him, and I know that he heard me. And I went home and sat with my husband and my sister. And there was this, we were sitting on the couch in our living room, and there we have a number of large windows behind the couch. And all of a sudden I caught this flicker of black. And this beautiful black raven landed on the railing on our deck directly behind my sister and I, which has never happened. We do have ravens around, but they've never landed that close and certainly not when we're there. And I knew it was a sign from my dad. And so we opened the deck doors and we went out and this raven looked at us and didn't move. It stayed on the railing and we stared at it. And then it slowly hopped along the railing, flew to the roof, walked up to the peak of the roof and looked one more time at us and flew away. And it was such a clear message to me from my dad to let us know that he was free and he was flying and that he was well. And that is just such a tremendous gift. And he continues to come to us or to me in the form of birds. A year later, we had a celebration of life where we spread his ashes out at our family cabin, which was in absolute and continues to be a sacred place for our family and I went for the weekend with my family and we camped so that we could prepare for the celebration and the morning of his celebration of life this beautiful bald eagle came and sat on the beach at the point where we were going to spread his ashes all morning and again bald eagles are not atypical, but to have one spend that much time in one location and certainly there. I've seen them fly over the cabin, but I've never seen one on the beach and certainly not for hours at a time. And I felt like he knew it was his day. And so he put on his best suit as sort of the king, the king of the birds. He came in his, his finest, which is very typical and very much gourd, very much my dad and came in his finest suit as an eagle to his own celebration of life. And that was also another wink from him to say, I'm here, I'm doing well, and thank you, I see you. But coming back to how this all relates to this podcast is that it was just such a stark, clear message to me that life is such a gift. And we all believe this and we all say it, but to know it and to really consider it was something that I don't think I'd taken the time to do in, in this way to that level or to this extent before this. And I thought to myself, how much of life is happening to me versus how much of life is happening because I am consciously choosing it. Am I living intentionally? Am I living with intention? What matters most to me? When I'm 80 and I look back at my life, what are the things that I'm going to care about? What are the things that I may regret? And how can I cultivate a life that I can feel confident that I have owned and taken responsibility 
to live with the greatest amount of intention possible. And I spent a lot of time ruminating, meditating, and just throwing these ideas around in my head. And I realized that my kids were the most important thing. And I think everybody would say that um, when you have children. And it's not to say that it's, it's just your kids, but that, that space to be who you want to be with them and how you want to live. And the other piece of this story that I'll share is that the same week that I realized and learned that my dad was passing, I also learned that I was pregnant with our third son. And that just added to the level of conflicting and confusing emotions that I was experiencing. And again, it was growth. And one of my greatest learnings is that life and the emotions that we are experience are not mutually exclusive. I was feeling immense and tremendous grief at the loss of my father. And at the same time, I was feeling immense and tremendous joy for the new baby and life that was growing inside of me. And I just want to pause and recognize this because there's a part of our third dimensional reality thinking that teaches us to believe that if you're grieving, you cannot be happy. If you are happy, you cannot be grieving. You cannot be all of these things at once, especially when they're polar opposites without one taking away from the other. And I just want to shift that paradigm. In fact, I just want to break it all together and, and offer a new paradigm that is you can be both. You can be one and something else and something else and something else. And that is, these are the things, that experience of, of recognizing that I want to live with intention and that I want to acknowledge that I am this multifaceted being that doesn't need to just be one thing, doesn't need to just describe my experience as just one thing, where this concept of flourish was born. And you'll see that I talk a lot about, you are not just one thing. Your identity does not need to be a single thing. And I think that we live in a world right now, particularly in marketing or Instagram or, or Facebook, that tells you that you need to niche down. You need to find your thing and become really expert in it. And this isn't to say that that doesn't work in terms of success in marketing, but what I want to offer is that it might not work for you, for who you truly are. And if that's the case, is it truly success? If what you're doing is fitting yourself into a mold to make yourself work instead of making your reality work for you. And again, you are not just one thing. I am not just one thing. And we identify, some of us, 
with certain things and that's okay. But I want to offer that perhaps we do not need to identify necessarily with anything. And I don't mean that with any level of disrespect or to take away from people's experiences or inequities because those are all real and I hold space and love and empathy and hold responsibility for the pieces that I need to hold in all of that. And I do that without needing to attach to identity, to an identity. And I'll I'll get a little bit more practical and specific with this. If you decide that, you know, one of the things that I work with quite a bit is the energy of manifestation and how we cultivate our own realities. And I could market myself as a manifestation coach and that would be what I become. And it would, I would start shifting myself to fit the perceptions of others around what that means. And I'm not just a manifestation coach. And that's part of why I have had some level of passive resistance to launching this podcast and really getting my or my business off the ground. I have continued to work slowly and in alignment with my own energy and it hasn't translated to overnight success and I've been doing it while I also hold a pretty busy day job Um, and now of course I've got three kids but it's taken me a long time to get from that decision point around choosing to live with intention and choosing to acknowledge that we are more than just one thing, that our experience is more than just one thing that we have and can hold space to be truly who we are and we can create success for what that means for us. Because in holding all of that, this decision around how I wanted to grow and what I wanted to become or or grow into became bigger than settling to just one thing. And I think part of the challenge is that we live in a world that really feels comfortable with that approach, that feels comfortable with, you know, I creating an identity that is relatable and sticking to it. And the only identity that I resonate with is that of love energy. And I want that to permeate through, but I don't want to restrict myself to, you know, identifying as a mom or a wife or a woman or a friend or a manifestation coach or a strategic business planner or an intuitive, um, business strategist or a Reiki healer. Because the truth is, I'm all of those things. I raise chickens. I run with my dogs. Sometimes I create beautiful meals and sometimes I burn things. Sometimes I'm funny and sometimes I completely miss the mark. I am all of those things. And all of those things help form who I am, but none of them define me. And none of them do I want to attach to as a singular point of identity because I am so much more than that and I want to create space and leave the door open to continue to be more than that. 
I want it to be okay without having to apologize or make amends if I choose to completely, you know, change the hat that I'm wearing tomorrow with a different identity. And what will be consistent is that my intention of coming from a space of love will be there. And it may need to manifest differently depending on the day or the circumstances. And that's okay. And that's what I want to make okay for you. That's what I want to explore. That's what I want to talk about in this podcast. I want to talk about what it means to live with intention. And I don't mean it in in some of the ways where you pick a thing and you make that singular thing happen. I want to talk about it in a much more expansive way. And it is a little bit more confusing and it has been hard for me to be able to articulate it well. And I realize that is it is in fact why I have also been passively resisting launching until I could be clear about communicating this well. And I'm so happy that today I feel empowered and clear enough to share this with you. And I can't wait for the discussions that we're going to have. I can't wait for the growth that we're going to have together. And I can't wait for the sense of community that I hope that we can collectively foster. So again, my sincerest gratitude to you for being here today for taking one of the most valuable um, resources that you have, which is your time and spending it here listening. It is my truest and deepest desire and intention to bring value to you. So thank you and have a lovely day. As always, I hope that you are flourishing lately. This little light of mine, I'm gonna this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine let it shine